Warning, the following podcast may contain material that is inappropriate for listeners that are under the age of 18, are easily offended, or get annoyed listening to the rantings of... This is Annie Gamers Podcast number 20, recorded on Sunday, September 20th, 2009, from a mysterious server room deep within the bowels of Valve Headquarters. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Annie Gamers Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Minto, also known as Vampvo, and I've got two co-hosts with me today. Introduce yourselves. Dibs out. Oh, I'm first now. Okay. Hi, I'm Pat from the Gaming Dungeon. And I am Mitch Dyer from the Internet. Yeah, he's actually the king of the internet, in case you didn't know. No, that's that's Daryl Surratt. He's the prince of the internet. Get your facts straight. Sorry. Anyway, um, so today we're going to be talking about digital distribution, which is a crazy topic that spans a lot of different things. But first, we are going to get into what we've been watching, and uh, I'll start with a certain thing called Manabi Straight which I tried to get Mitchie to watch. I don't know if he actually watched any of it. It's sitting on my hard drive. Yeah. Unwatched, um, hopefully forever. True, true. I did not watch Manabi Straight for the record of my own volition. I did. I watched it because a friend of mine was showing it, and he was like, hey, this show is funny and possibly has some sort of deeper meaning. I think he might have said something like that, like it was actually had, had drama or something like that. And so I watched it. For two episodes, and I will never watch this show again unless I'm reviewing it for this website, AnnieGamers.com. Uh, so the basic plot of Manabi Straight is that a girl f- drops out of the sky and almost hits another girl while riding her rocket scooter. Um, wait, 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 wait. Does, she l- does her face land into the other girl's breasts? No. Oh my god. This show is breaking new ground. No, it's, it still has tons of lesbian undertones. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> they're, so, like, they're lollies, uh, though, for the most Yeah, part. they're lolicon lesbians. It's yeah, true. you didn't mention that this was a Moe show yet, did you? No, no, I was going to save that. I was going to let everybody figure that out. All right, you can edit <laughs> that out at four minutes and five seconds into my recording. <laughs> <laughs> or I cannot. We'll see. Uh, so pretty much these girls look like they're eight years old. I honestly thought they were in elementary school until my friend was like, no, 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 they're in high school. So anyway, they're eight years old, but clearly they're in high school, if you know your stuff. Um... So they get to school, and it's like presumably an all-girls school. I thought it had guys in it until I realized that there were no guys on screen ever, except for the teacher, which is weird, because if it's an all-girls school, you wouldn't have a male teacher as far as I know. Anyway, uh, they get to this school, and they're having a swim meet, of course, and they fly over the fence on the rocket scooter during the principal's speech, and then the crazy girl does some like swim technique, and she's like, my name's Monaby, and so I call it Monaby style because I'm crazy. And then... There's, like, this shy girl who's the one who got practically hit in the face before, and she runs the student council or something. She's, like, the secretary, and nobody ever wants to run for a position. And so she asks everybody, and she's all being all shy because that's what Moe girls do. Oh, my God. You remember that conversation we just had about people falling asleep on podcasts? Yeah. It sounds like the dumbest shit. It's putting me to sleep. It sounds is so the bad. dumbest shit. Is it sad that I'm actually interested? It is sad that you're interested. Get off my podcast. Sad and disgusting oh, and it's not, awful. Oh, it's not out in the U.S.? 
I thought it was. I don't know. If it is, I need to kill whoever licensed it. When I, I was looking not. it up, I thought I saw that it is or might be coming. Was, but sure I don't see it on A and N, so it's usually so, on A and N. Anyway. This girl's all, like, shy, and she runs this student council thing, and nobody ever wants to run for a position. But, of course, the crazy girl wants to run for president. And so she gets up on stage, and her campaign speech comprises singing a J-pop song simply for the purpose of the creators of the show selling character CDs. Just out of nowhere, she starts singing, and the karaoke, like, lyrics come up on the bottom of the screen. And, uh, of course, everyone wants to vote for her after that because that shows a lot of... uh, political daring and uh, ability to get things done in a student council. Or they're like, hey, that girl's cute. Yeah, she's also eight years old. That's weird. Um, right, it's all girls' schools for that one. No, 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 but they're all lesbians, so it's okay. Oh, all right, okay. Uh, oh, so that's even worse, because it's like, not only is this show supposed to be titillating to the disgusting nerd who uh, watches Moe, right. but uh, it, it's like, Oh, yeah, you can't have this because they're lesbians. Yeah, well, they're not actually lesbians. Like, it's never said. Or is it, oh, it's much... just, like, aggressive overtones? Un- yeah. Uh, that is... Yeah, they're like... God, I can't believe you tried to make me watch this. I tried to make you watch it because I knew you would think it was terrible. <laughs> That's why we had like, to we watch it. we would have it. an excellent show, but it, you would have to edit it so much because I would just be going off the... It would be comprised of, like, 50% beeps. Yeah. So, like, pretty much the shy girl's always blushing whenever Manabi says anything. And I keep telling my friend, like, dude, this show is so gay. And he's like, no, it's not. And then there's, like, this long-haired Sundere girl who's always angry at Manabi, but every time Manabi, like, looks at her, she starts blushing, and I was like, dude, this show is gay. Get over it. And he's like, no, it's not. There's nothing They're wrong with cute. that. There's nothing wrong with it, but it is. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so then there's pretty much, it's just typical Moe crap with a bunch of, like, female stereotypes running around being like, I'm shy, and I'm crazy, and I'm always angry. Yeah, there's, like, it's terrible. I could not watch it. The whole thing's colored in, like, pastel colors. And they sit there, and they look at the sun and act all cute when the sun sets and don't say anything important that I care about. It's got some pretty famous or popular voice actresses in it, too, it seems like. Like who? Oh yeah, Hirano Aya's in it, isn't she? Yeah, and and um, Hori Yui. I forget who that is. You uh, just described a... this show for like seven minutes, and I have literally no idea what it's about. It's about exactly. Cute girls. No, it, it has no like, point. It's it completely pointless. Like every other Moe show, where it's just like the dumbest stuff, just like the most useless excuse for a plot, just so they can have these adorable well, girls running around on screen. Yeah, that's what it is. Well, it's more a slice of lifestyle rather than you know romantic though there's like the two different categories and i like yeah, the slice of life stuff i'll be I honest i mean other than like azumanga daio is pretty good but that's because it's actually funny manabi straight did not make me laugh at any point it was like oh look that girl's clumsy and she like dropped books on herself and she fell down and it's like cue laughter but i just don't laugh because it's not funny that's that's most of what i can say about it it's like sort of well animated maybe but when you don't have to animate a motorcycle that turns into a robot. I feel like just animating like pastel-colored walls of a high school isn't that difficult. So, I mean, you know, it's it's all right considering what they actually were working with. They really do look like they're eight, though. Yeah, they do. It's really weird. I can't get over that. 
Just, but it's just okay. Say it's okay. Right. If you're in high school, you're allowed to think these girls are cute because they're in high school too. <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed to want to put your dick in these nine-year-olds. Yeah. Well, they're in high school, so it's okay. Exactly. That's how it works. God. Oh, my God. We just lost every single Moe person who may have thought previously that we actually were okay with Moe. Anime is re- fucking despicable. Yeah, uh, now, now they've realized that we're not their friend. <sighs> yeah. So, anyway, I've also, I also watched Royal Space Force Wings of Oniames, which I will probably talk about more in depth uh, at another time. I've, I've heard that that's probably worth its own show. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's it was pretty awesome. A classic. It was yeah, when Gainax was, was, was good. Yeah, <laughs> it was a long time ago. So it was before words. Evangelion. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I watched that, but I'll move on to video games. Uh, I've been playing because because I'm like off at college and wasn't able to bring my 360 just yet. I will uh, bring it eventually. I uh, I just Left have a Wii right coming, now. man. You gotta hook it up. Yeah, I know. What the hell? Uh, I've been working on my, with my Wii so far, so like, what I was playing is this old Dragon Ball Z game, Budokai Tenkaichi 2. Oh man, really? Dude. Isn't that like a GameCube game, or was that the really bad Wii fighting game? It was the Wii fighting game came that's out at, like, like launch. No, you know what's you know what's really funny about it? It's a bad fighting game. Like the characters are are like not balanced at all. Oh no! And they've never been they all in those they all games, have the though. same special moves. Move sets and stuff. are identical. Yet. Yeah. But as a Dragon Ball Z game, it's awesome because the characters are unbalanced, but in a way that makes sense for Dragon Ball Z. So if you play as like the giant bug dude versus like the little Cybermen green guys, right? The little Cybermen guys have no health, and the giant bug dude has the maximum number of bars of health. And if the Cyberman punches him, he doesn't even flinch. So it's like perfectly accurate to Dragon Ball Z while being a terrible game. See, that's what happens in those games. You got to just. You can't care about balance. It doesn't work. Exactly. I mean, I was watching a video on YouTube from the one on the 360, and it was yeah. Mr. Satan versus Ultra Gogeta from GT. And Mr. Satan beat him, which, based on the show, that, wouldn't happen. It's just one it of those things you just can't care about. Shit happens. Yeah. It, it's, like, it, it's just so funny because, you know, you play as, like, Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta versus... Like Pan from Dragon Ball GT, and of course Super Saiyan Four Gogeta wins. That's the way it should happen. It just makes it a terrible game. It's awesome for me though because I love Dragon Ball Z. In all fairness, though, the most of the DBZ fighting games are actually decent fighting games. They're not oh, absolutely. balanced. Budokai but... is uh, one through three, I think, just like the original first set on like yeah. PS2. They're fantastic. They're great games. Regardless of how much you like the series or not, like they're just right. they're a lot of fun. Yeah, I have a lot of fun with this Wii one, but I, I realize it's not actually a very, very good fighting game. <laughs> I couldn't get over, like, the camera in that game. Because it's, like, over your shoulder, and you got to point with the Wiimote. Ugh, that was driving me crazy. I tried to play one of the Bleach fighting games on the Wii, and I couldn't play that one either. Because it was just, it was that same kind of shit where you have to use the remote to do moves and crap. I'm like, uh, how am I fighting? I don't understand what's going on right now. I'm just flailing my arms around and hoping I win. <laughs> that's what it felt like, at least. Uh, yeah, and, th- and that's about all I've been doing. So we'll move on because I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to do manga. Like we have three co-hosts here, so we should probably just move on <laughs> in the interest of time. I can actually rip through mine. Um, as usual, right. I have not been watching or reading anything on account of I just had too much work to do. 
Uh, but I did manage to sneak in a few moments this week to play Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story. Nice. And that game How is, is that? adorable. That game is fantastic and hilarious, and I love it. Is it better? It's better than the uh, second one, right? Uh, Partners in Time. Yeah. Yeah, I liked Partners in Time a lot. I didn't finish it. I liked it too. I played some of it. So but Bowser's Inside Story is. Okay. Well, Inside Story is definitely the best of the three or four RPGs that they have, the Mario and Luigi games. Uh, because you get to switch between playing as Mario and Luigi in like this platformer puzzle RPG, like same same kind of mechanics that have been in the past two or three games. Uh, but you also get to play as Bowser, who's just this like he's big and he's stupid and he's just like his dialogue is hilarious because he's dumb and he doesn't care and he's brash and he's just so aggressive. Like he can burn down forests and punch rocks, oh, and man. he's just like this lumbering. That sounds idiot. awesome. It's amazing. I really want to pick that up. Yeah, I'm not very far. I'm like two hours in, I want to say. Um, and, you know, it's kind of repetitive the way they do the combat. It's like every time you walk into a room, there's like four or five different encounters of the exact same enemy. And you kind of go through the same motions of jumping on their head, kicking a, kicking uh, a shell at them, hitting them with a hammer, whatever you've got to do. But at the same time, right. it's like it's just so it's I don't know. I like the progression a lot, mostly because you can power up your mustache. Wait, That's what? Awesome. You didn't know this? You could do this in the old games, too. Oh, I dropped my headset. I didn't hear what you I, said. Oh, oh you just I think didn't hear. I, I think I got that in... Was that in Partners in Time? Yeah, it was. You had yeah, a, the so. mustache trait. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, no. Which is basically luck. It's essentially luck in any other RPG, like Critical Hits. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that was awesome. <laughs> but the main reason to play through this isn't, like, the, the combat. It's not not actually even the story. It's just the writing. The translation on this game is incredible. It's just super funny. Like, whoever was responsible for translating this is a brilliant, brilliant person. They just fit... They fit in so many jokes. Yeah, they, they, they put some really good writers on uh, that on both, like, the Mario and Luigi franchise and the, uh, the Super Paper Mario, or, like, the Paper Mario franchise in general. Right, yeah. Like... There's just they put a lot of good writers on those. Those are some funny games. Oh yeah, like I had a situation last night where Bowser, he's being chased basically by this bad guy. He just keeps taunting him. Keeps following Bowser like, "Oh, you'll never beat me," that kind of thing. And Bowser just starts freaking out. He's like, "Man, what is your beef?" And he's like, "Beef? I am beefless. I am without beef. Fawful is sans beef." Like, just like <laughs> weird things like that. Like the bad guy's yeah. name is Fawful. I don't even know what that means, but it's kind of hilarious to me too. It's just full of, like, really great moments of, like, laugh at, like, genuinely laugh out loud moments, man. I love it. And all the characters have these cute little animations. Like, if Luigi's knocked out, you use a one-up mushroom to revive him, and Mario crams this mushroom down his knocked-out throat. It's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. The game is just so cute and adorable and fun. I can't recommend it enough. I can't wait to play more. Wait, wait. So, we just went from talking about how cute, adorable Moe shows are crappy. But cute, adorable Mario RPGs are awesome. That is the official policy here, I think. I can get behind that. It's all How about can the you writing. not like, like squat little mustachioed plumbers beating on Goombas with hammers? Come on. Truth. Does that not sound amazing? Alright, so you've been playing anything else, Mitchie? Um, not anything that I can actually talk about on account of that it's all for print. And it'll all right. be, you know... Uh, probably a bit early by the time this podcast comes out, but I've been playing a lot of racing games. Uh, for now, you can actually, if you go to GamePro.com or pick up the November issue, I want to say, you can check out my reviews for Need for Speed Shift and Dirt 2. 
both of which are pretty awesome. Uh, I prefer Dirt 2 over Shift. I'll be real quick about this because nobody on this podcast gives a shit about racing games. Nope. Um, hey, I like racing games. I okay, well, don't love them. when you get your Xbox back, I highly recommend Dirt 2. Even if you don't like racing games, it's just so much fun. Um, like It kind of eliminates the generic structure of win a race, advance to the next tier in the pyramid, uh, spend money on cars. I mean, it, it, it is that similar structure, but it's just the way it's presented and the way you actually do the races that makes it feel so unique. And the driving is just so much fun. The game is so gorgeous. I don't know. Go I, I, go read the review. I wrote it a while ago, and I don't remember why I liked it. I just remember that it was wonderful. <laughs> All right, cool. How about you, Pats? Uh, stuff I've been watching. Okay, I guess I got two off the top of my head is I'm still in love with Shin Mazinger, which I don't get to talk yeah. about enough because no one on my podcast gives a shit about it because they're all um, I, I haven't watched much of it, or something. but I care about it. Like basically, it's the best thing produced in anime since Giant Robo. That sums it that, up. That is high praise. <laughs> yes, that is a lot of praise to be putting on the show. I just watched Twenty Four last night, and it was just completely insane the entire time. Did they restart Twenty Four? Hmm. No, twenty episode Twenty Four. Oh. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about Jack Bauer. I was like, no, me no, too. No, no. I was just, <laughs> I just watched robots. episode. Sorry. The cool thing about 24 was um, it has a lot of the scenes from that first episode, but they're like, they went back and actually animated them properly this time. Okay. Because they have money now. It's like, because you can watch this show and you can see, after a few episodes, you can see where they started actually getting funding. Yeah. And it starts getting really well animated. It's one of the best structured stories I've watched in quite a while. I mean, it's well animated in that first episode too. Yeah, for the most part, but it's even better at this point. Oh wow! And it's one of those things where you can just tell that this story was mapped out very, very meticulously from the get-go. Just from going through the series, and then when you think back to that first episode, all these scenes—they're not from like the end; they're from all over. Right. A lot of it's from the end, but it's not all. I mean, it's just a huge mixture of shit from everywhere. Wait, wait so, the, so, like, Shin Mazinger is actually, like, a well-written show? I thought it was just sort of crazy, oh, and that's why it was it's awesome. Inc- it's really well-written, if you ask me. Huh. It's, I mean... Is it out, or is it uh, fan subs? Fan subs. It probably fan will okay. never be released in the U.S. It's yeah. the biggest <laughs> tragedy of it. Okay, I don't know anything about this show. Actually, I've never seen any of that series, sadly. Shin Mazinger, you don't need any other knowledge to watch Shin Mazinger. It's a complete reimagining. Oh, nice. And Z Mazinger is Zeus, if I'm not mistaken, according to the first episode. Just think about that. It's really, yeah. Mazinger is designed to be like Zeus. And like like the Greek god? Like the Greek god, Zeus. The Greek god is a robot, pretty much. So I'm going to write the name of this show down. (laughs) <laughs> it's insane it's it's a masterpiece all. if you ask me and yeah. i just can't stop like every episode the first thing in my mind is i finish every single episode of the series is that was the fucking best episode ever it just keeps <laughs> getting better every every episode and i just it's got two episodes left it's not getting nearly as much hype online as it deserves 
Yeah, well, it's based on a 70s anime. I mean, here's the wildest thing. People on M on 4chan hate the show because there's not enough not enough robot action. Really? Dead serious. That's weird. Because it's not just... Like, original Mazinger is... There's Mazinger, the bad guy sent a new robot, it fights Mazinger, that's the episode. That's half the series. Yeah. This... There are episodes that go by, he doesn't even touch the robot. Oh. Uh, that better be good. I have to watch this myself now. Well done. The whole story is just crazy. Oh, man, I love that show so much. Alright, you got anything else on your plate? Uh, Watching-wise, I started watching Baki the Grappler, which is interesting. I mean, I'm not loving it. Is that where the braingasm joke comes from on Fast Karate? Is Baki is the it? Grappler? I think I so, yeah. I don't know the braingasm joke. And the cord cutter. Cord cutter was good stuff. When they tell, when they say in like the second episode that the main character is 13, I'm like, what the f***? Because he's like oh, a yeah, huge yeah. kid, and he's 13? Wait, what? <laughs> Everybody's 13 in anime. Yeah. His size is inconsistent. Some episodes, sometimes he'll be really small, and then the next step, next scene, he's huge. It's really weird. So it but... would be cool <laughs> if this guy went and had sex with all those high school Moe girls that we were talking exactly. about earlier, right? Well, he'd be like, younger it's okay if he them. does that. That would weird me out. They'd be, they, oh they would be going after someone too young for them. <laughs> Think of it that way. <laughs> uh. But, uh, I like it. I mean, I bought the series for $15. So it's like, whatever, it's all 50 episodes for, like, the MSRP Jesus. for the box set is $20 now, or something like that. And it was it's on sale on right stuff for 15 so it's like, why the hell not? How many episodes? It's like 50. Man, that is how right stuff gets you. That yeah. is how they get you, man. You should see the amount of shitty episodes. anime that I have never watched, because right stuff was like, five bucks? And yeah, like, well, that's what yes. I do now. I go to like used DVD stores and buy that shit. So right now, my and not even is just it's like, not even just bad stuff. Like, I think about all of like Master Keaton, and I haven't watched any of it. Uh, I didn't get that. I that need to. boxing, what's it called? Anime, the one that everyone uh, loves. Hajime no Ippo. Yes, I bought like all 15, 16 discs. Haven't watched a single second of oh that my show God, yet. Go watch it. It's because so they were like good. five bucks a piece. I need to actually get that one too. I don't have that yet. Just because I want to order it all at once, and it's like, okay, when do I have the money to order it all at once? They still have. That's it. the worst. I mean, way to shit. Do it, man. I bought all nine of the Gotcha Man collector series oh, wow. sets. Yeah. Which are, which is like, man, these are really great. There, it's two volumes and then a bonus disc in each set. They were like twelve oh, nice. bucks a pop. There's nine of them in total. The thing is, so these and they're all in their own chipboard art boxes. Nice. They're beautiful looking. Now I've got, you know, so now I've got nine of these sprawled across my shelf. It's like, I don't got no friggin' room for these things. They may look great, but they're huge. Hmm. But that, I love just, Brent Stuff's bargain bin. I lose so much money just going on there for shit I don't really need. But it's like, man, I could really use that. Yeah. Like, I'll probably watch that someday, maybe. Yeah, that's my philosophy. I was like, Captain Harlock, disc two for two bucks. Well, <laughs> that's a masterpiece. For two bucks, how can too. I not get the rest of Captain Harlock? Dude, my my uh, college science fiction association has got like an entire wall of anime DVDs and stuff. 
and I'm I'm walking around looking at it, and there's this kid who likes moe, and he's like, oh, there's not enough moe here. And I'm like, dude, they have, like, otaku no video on VHS, dude. and the original Captain Harlock. Do they have Arcadia of my youth? <laughs> uh, I don't think they do, but they got, like, a lot of stuff did. hidden away that, like, nobody would look at. See, awesome. see that's why you're there, because now you're going to pull it all out and make them watch it. Yeah, I was like, dude, Wings of Oniames, I'm taking this out immediately. <laughs> there you go. And I get I haven't really read anything recently. I got a bunch of shit in, but I haven't read any of it yet. And I guess playing wise, the only thing I've been playing recently, I replayed the original Oni Musha this week. Oh nice. I never ended up playing all the way through, but isn't it basically Devil May Cry Samurai Edition? <laughs> uh, it's more horror than Devil May Cry. Okay. And it's got Resident Evil tank controls. Oh, pet nope, next. And Don't care. I've lost all interest it's in this very, game. It's got Resident Evil style <laughs> tank controls. It's also, I beat it in five hours. I mean, I've played through it more than once in the past, but still, that was really short. I guess knowing where everything was helped a lot, or knowing where everything was going to go, knowing the puzzles and all that kind of shit. I mean, I leveled mm. up everything to the max. I didn't get the <laughs> ultimate sword, but that's just because I, didn't, I hate getting the ultimate sword in that game. It's a pain in the ass. But, um, I mean, like, I didn't use any health items until the second to last boss. And the pacing was kind of weird at the end, because it's like you fight three boss, you go really long without fighting a boss, and then you fight three, almost one after the other. Until the Fucking final boss. Fucking Japan, man. I hate the way they design their games so much. <laughs> I also <laughs> loved the fact crazy. there are these really nice-looking CG scenes in it, and I was like, all right. I never played it in Japanese. I'm like, oh, I forgot it had the Japanese voice track on it. Because a lot of games back then didn't. And I'm like, alright, I'm going to play it in Japanese. They didn't subtitle the su the CGs. Like, the in-game dialogue was all subtitled. The CGs weren't. And they're really? like, no, I'm dead serious. So it was just all in Japanese. So they were just talking in Japanese and it wasn't subtitled. So you just it's got like, like this raw cinematic. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, nice. it's a really nice looking cinematic for the time. I mean, this was a really early PS2 game. It was originally developed for the PS1, and then it was moved over. Huh. It's pretty old. And I was like, oh, wow. Because it was like, okay, I, the encounter with the final boss, it's this big CG, and he's yelling at you, and it's not subtitled. Like, Thanks <laughs> you're like, for that, I don't know guys. what you're saying, dude. Yeah. But I really enjoyed it anyway. I mean... You run around in the tank controls, but in combat you have kind of a strafing style when you ready your sword, so the combat's still very usable, even if you have to deal with that a little bit. But when you're just running around, you gotta deal with that stuff. And it's got, you know, those old-school pre-rendered backgrounds that all those style games used to have. I still love it. It's one of my... It was. It's probably my favorite franchise that came from the PS2. Or the first three are. Four sucks, but, um... The was first four three one was amazing. genre, no? Oh, no, f that was three. Four was the one with the new character. Four was the one with the new character. That's not Samonosuke, so I don't really care about it. Although, he's in it, but... One, two, and three are amazing. Granted, two doesn't have Samonosuke in it either, but two was still really good. And three got rid of the... I can't remember if two had tank controls or not, but I know three definitely didn't. Three had more traditional style controls. Alright, That's well... it. I think we're done here, yeah. Uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back with our discussion of digital distribution.
Um, how do we do a promo? How about something like, one of us says, this is Luke and it's Bear Fight Extravaganza. Yeah. And the other says, we talk about technology, gaming, and gaming news. And whatever tickles our fancy. And whatever we feel like talking about. Yeah. Which involves beer, <laughs> glorious beer. Yeah. <laughs> we always podcast while drunk or on the way to being drunk. How's that? Mm. So if you, if you can stomach English accents and a pair of pillows with a crap microphone, then tune in, <laughs> by all means. If this tickles your fancy, go to lukeandelliot.com and download our episodes from there. Or look on iTunes for Luke and Elliot. Although you may need to try more search terms at video games just to find us. Thank you. So, our topic today is digital distribution. It's a business model that's attracted a lot of controversy in uh, anime, manga, and video games. There's a lot of discussion about a whole bunch of different factors in it. Uh, so, before we get started, let's sort of define exactly what it is we're talking about for people who might not know. Uh, digital distribution refers quite simply to when you sell someone some form of media without actually selling them the physical media. You are giving them like a code to download it online or something, or, or you're ju you know, just letting them directly download it, like they put in a credit card or something. It's anything like Xbox Live Arcade or the WiiWare, or even, uh, even like streaming websites, like the, what Hulu has done could be considered digital distribution. It's a little bit different from the other forms, but it is essentially the same thing. Uh, so that is what we are talking about. Uh, there are a bunch of different ways of looking at digital distribution that I want to I want us to sort of discuss them in these different categories. So there's uh, the the different issues would be like convenience of uh, of buying things online instead of having to go to a store, order it online to have it shipped to you. Uh, the question of if digital distribution helps increase sales of uh, of products. The question of ownership uh, if if digital distribution takes away ownership from the consumers who buy the media. Uh, the question of if digital distribution can successfully curb piracy, which happens a lot online. <laughs> and also the idea of digital distribution being more environmentally conscious than uh, traditional <laughs> modes of distribution. So we are going to start with convenience. What do you guys think in terms of digital distribution being more or less convenient. Uh, the reason I use digital distribution so much, and I do use it a lot, specifically with like PSN downloads, Xbox Live Arcade, that kind of stuff. Um, the convenience isn't necessarily like, oh, I, ca I can download Burnout Paradise, or I could go to the store and buy it for the same price. It's less a matter of, oh, I don't want to drive somewhere, or I don't want to order it on Amazon. Because, frankly, I would probably rather drive somewhere than wait for a download time, because that hmm. really drives me crazy. I cannot stand waiting for things to download. Um, so I don't know that necessarily downloading things is a matter of convenience for me as much as it is, as much as it is just like another way to get stuff. Okay. Right. That's an interesting point. Uh, what about you, Pat? Convenience? Um, well, I'm pretty much anti this stuff, but, um, hmm. convenience wise, I can see it with smaller stuff, it's more convenient because, you know, Xbox Live Arcade and PSN games, you're buying something small, you're not going to want to go all the way out to buy uh, Uno on the Xbox. Right, like, but, I don't want to go to a store and buy a download code card for Shadow Complex. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, I wouldn't, yeah, no, but 
when it comes to false stuff, I can see where when the convenience comes to me in terms of, say, legal streaming like on Hulu, which is, I guess, tech, a form of digital distribution, um, I can justify that because it's like, okay, I, I'm just sitting here, and I love that, believe me. I watch, I watch Hulu all the time. I don't. I barely even use my cable anymore. To the point. So where jealous I'm of you assholes and your access to Hulu. Oh right, right. What are you Canadian? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no Hulu I'm for sorry. me. Oh yeah, that sucks. But I mean, I use. I mean, Hulu. I, I I'll use Funimation on occasion for some anime, but very Ugh. rarely because it's so horrible. Their site's horribly built, and same with Crunchyroll. Their site's horrible. Hulu, on the other hand, is damn near perfect, and with the Hulu desktop app, I'm just sit there, and I'm like, you know what, I'm bored, I have an hour to kill, I'm gonna go catch up on the latest episode of Rescue Me that I missed, or something like that. Or other, mm. or anime, they have a lot of anime on there, mm. too, and that kind of shit. But when it comes to actually paying for it, I don't think the convenience is enough for me to justify it. Right, okay. Well, hang up. Before I let you go on about convenience there, Evan, I want to talk about Steam real quick. Uh, because I, I never played PC games until Steam. And mm. I think when it comes to convenience, Steam is... Uh, what, like, the convenience of being able to download full games to my PC from, from my computer using a credit card and to have infinite access to that thing forever, that is more of a matter of convenience than it is like, oh, I could go to the store... And I could buy this bulky ass box, and it could take up space in a room that I, frankly, am running out of space for bullshit boxes like that. So I think when it comes to like Xbox Live Arcade or Xbox Live Video Marketplace, it like convenience doesn't really factor into my decision of a purchase or a rental. But when it comes to something like right. Steam, it definitely does, because I could queue it up and you know download times bug me, but whatever. I could queue it up and I can walk away and come back. And have a game in the amount of time it would have taken me to drive somewhere and spend gas money to get it to buy this box that I don't need or don't want. Yeah, that was similar to what I was going to say in that uh, another uh, part of the convenience is that your your games, in, in the case of games here, and it, it doesn't apply to anime just yet, but I think it, it might eventually with the ability to download anime. Well, you can download but, anime on Xbox Live Marketplace. Yeah, true. It's Granted, not it's a, all terrible stuff as, like Speedgrapher. Yeah, it's not as big a thing as streaming just yet. Yeah, right. there's some DTO Funimation shit too on other right. places like iTunes. But specifically, like for downloading games, it's that you don't have to get up and switch discs, which is really convenient when you like think about how how different that is. You know, you don't have to be switching your discs out. You, they're all on your hard drive. I hear that argument a, a lot from, from people when it comes to this kind of stuff, but realistically, like, I don't think that, that that argument factors into my decisions at all. Like, oh, I don't want to stand up and put in another disc. Oh, no, exactly. no, no, no. I, I'm not, I'm not that, that lazy at this point. Like, okay. I gotta move. Like, I've been watching, um, I've been watching a lot of Dexter lately, and actually, just a lot of TV in general. Like, I, I just finished three seasons of Friday Night Lights, and I never once, when I stood up to change the discs in my PlayStation, did I think, God damn it, this would be so much easier if I just didn't have to do this. I think that's sometimes when I'm marathon, marathoning anime, to be honest. Because I'll be like, I, I've gotten, I finally get comfortable 
Yeah, and like, then like, oh shit, I gotta go change the disc, and then I have to move <laughs> all my, because I've got like my laptop on my lap and my phones all around me and all this other crazy shit, and I'm like, uh, now I gotta move and reach yeah. up and um, go to my PlayStation and change the disc. Just to clarify, I was not, I wasn't saying that that, that necessarily factors into a purchasing decision, but that that's just, but that is a, sort a of fundamental difference between the two that that you. That with digital distribution, you don't have to change discs. I mean, like, for example, let's talk with, with the PSP Go. You don't need to carry a bunch of discs around with you, which is one of one the problem of the with the PSP pluses. Go is that you have to use There are use a number a of PSP problems with the Go. PSP Go. <laughs> yeah, the problem with that is you have to use a PSP Go, and that you have to spend $250 right. to buy this piece of right. shit but, PSP. But one of the conveniences that they were using to advertise it would be that you would you would not have to carry the discs around. Right, but you still have to pay the same price game. for them. Yes. So, yeah, like, we can move on to just uh, how it sort of maybe will change, because we've been touching on this a lot, how, mm. how digital distribution changes uh, or potentially changes the buying habits of consumers. So, you know, does it create more sales or less sales for... Uh, well, if I can go back to Steam again, um, I'm probably mm-hmm. actually going to reference that a lot because I use it so much. Steam. Well, the thing is, Steam's the one proven dis- digital distribution system that it's been around long enough that people trust it, and it's been like proven to actually be successful in ways. Right. So it makes sense to reference a lot because it's been around for so long. Right. Like it's kind of my de facto download service. Um, this kind of ties back into convenience, but like having the Steam application on my desktop and being able to open that up and see, well, what's new this week? What came out? Oh, the Jedi Knight series just came out on Steam. For I can buy the whole thing for twenty bucks. Sold. Like anything, anytime that a developer bundles something like that, has a sale or generally has a giant image of their game, saying like, "Hey, buy this," I'm, I'm a lot more tempted to give in to something like that than if I were to just see a box at a store. Um, and mm. because it's always open on my desktop, I have constant access to this thing. Like, it's basically just 24-hour advertising. See, I, I see where you're coming from, but a lot of the thing that kind of gets me... I mean, you go on the Xbox, and there's 24-hour advertising every time you turn right. that on. Here's this new one, here's this one, this, that, that. But um, Steam, I gotta wonder how much of it is... Uh, Valve pushing companies to do these drops in price for these specials more than anything else. Because that's the thing. I've heard people, when when you make the argument that games won't have price drops because they're only downloadable, people's the response is Steam has sales all the time. But you don't know how much of that is really them or all that. You know what I mean? So it's like I have this... I'm trusting Avalve because they've proven this. They have a proven system that works very well. I'm less inclined to trust some other companies is part of my point, I think. Right, and when when the games are all in your face like that, you have a list of games, and it's easy to just like, oh, I wonder what this game's all about. Click on it, look at it, look at some screenshots. Uh, You have immediate access to the Metacritic if you're into that. It just makes it so much easier to say, like, all right, I'll give this game a shot. I'll drop my 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks on it. It'll be sixty soon. Yeah. Um, so it's starting. PC well, it's games are like start being games are already soon. seventy dollars in Canada. Like regular regular Xbox three sixty games are like seventy seventy five dollars at this point. Which is a lot of money. 
And it's terrifying to me that games keep going up in price, because you've got to wonder if, despite the cost-cutting measures of digitally distributing something as opposed to selling it in a box, you got to wonder if box prices keep going up. Are we going to see spikes in download prices? See, I've always been inclined to think that I don't buy that the box and shit is... I mean, that the amount that they're actually saving... Right, like, they can't minuscule. be saving more than a buck on a box. Yeah. But at the same time, the way I see it is... I mean, you see a spike in in the... In the new releases of PC games in the U.S., averagely they're fifty dollars for the PC game. It's gonna start. Go it's looking like it's gonna start hitting sixty soon. Call of Duty uh, World at War Two is going to be sixty new for the PC. I know off the top of my head. While most at this point are still fifty, but um, I'm inclined to believe that the, as the prices go up on the shelves, they're going to be going up on the online as well. There's no reason they wouldn't because it's this. My personal feeling is that if I'm not getting that stuff, the way I see it is I should be paying less. Well, presumably, presumably, the increase in price would correspond with an increase in development, development budget. Yeah, right. Because the the cost of developing the game as that goes up, you have to increase the price of the game, whether you're selling it in a box or from a server. Right, right. Yeah, I know. I understand that much. It's just I don't. I need I need something to help me perceive my value. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I I mean when I see the no box, I mean when I see I'm just downloading something, I don't see that as worth the same as the box. I tend not to ascribe monetary value to anything like that. Like I I don't know. Monetary value when it comes to games or movies is kinda of really weird because prices fluctuate so much from the point of release to like a discount or like even DVDs don't really have a set price in a store. Like you can walk into a Walmart and have two new releases side by side. One will be 20, the other will be like 35. Yeah, there are, it's a lot more freeform in right in movies. It's not really in games for some and I, that's one of those things where it's like cuz you see two games next to each other, one's 30 and one's 60. Right, uh, it looks like a budget game, like it's not as good. Yeah, it looks like it's not as good, or there's two reactions to it. It's like, one looks like it's not as good, or one's like, I'm going to go with the cheaper one. I mean, it's well, that kind of thing. And if you look at, sometimes you go into the store and you see a game that is obviously a new release, and if it has a $40, $30 price tag on it, it's easy to jump to the conclusion that it is not necessarily as good as yeah. the game beside it. Which That's is what I mean, that's like a case. budget game. Yeah. If you look at Banjo-Kazooie, that came out at 40 bucks. And it's still kind of tanked, uh, but it would have done even worse at 60 bucks. and I've got to wonder if people saw that as a $40 new release. That's a $40 new release. It must not be very good. Or if it was like, I'm just generally not interested in this in the first place, which is probably why they dropped it to 40 bucks. Yeah. And that game was going to be a bomb anyway, though. Yeah, so. and you've got... I don't know if that stuff is going to really start applying to digital distribution, or if, in that case, they would be able to have this, like, simple, uh, straightforward set price for every game on a download service. So, yeah, right. it's like they could do that, but at the same time, some companies aren't going to be willing to go to certain services if they're not free to set their own price. It's like, I, I don't yeah. see, like, Activision saying, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll charge 50 even though we feel we should be charging 60 that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, not not to go too far into the cost thing, but I just want to say it, it's it is sort of weird that 
companies all charge the same prices for their games, even though their development costs vary widely between games. It's just weird. It's like, yeah, it's ODST, only... there's actually a very good example of cost in general is ODST, which is $60. It's got a lot of extras on it. It was originally built as a freaking expansion pack. If it was just the main campaign as a digital download, it probably would have been $30, and a lot of people would have been actually really excited about it. Because it's $60 and on a disc, there's a perception that it's over it's overpriced. Hmm. Right, good point. Um, I want to get into, uh, right now I want to move sort of a bit of a transition toward um, the question of, of piracy by, by getting into anime in mm. terms of sales, because that's, that's one of the questions with anime digital distribution through things like Hulu, is does digital distribution for anime make people more likely to A, view ad-supported content, or B, buy DVDs or other things that would bring in profit for an anime company? See, I think it's curving piracy in the sense that if I can watch all of Full Metal Alchemist, like the new one, in, mm-hmm. on, in one sitting, like, okay, I can sit down at their website and I can watch every single episode right now. Without mm-hmm. having to go and find the torrents and all this blah, And download blah, blah. them, yeah. It's like, I have friends that were in that situation. They were... I have one... I have two. One's kind of stubborn and doesn't want to give up on the torrents for some reason. But the other one, I finally got hooked on to Hulu and Crunchyroll and Funimation. And he's like, yeah, I don't have to deal with these torrents and finding the stuff and all that. I just go there every week and boom, there's a new episode for me to watch. So I definitely think it's slowing. It's definitely cutting down on the um, the simulcast ones are definitely cutting down on the amount of fan subs out there. But I, I don't think they're increasing DVD sales at all. No, I was and just I doubt get they're to bringing that. in much revenue at all either. That's, that's right, the I same think they're making more money with ads. Uh, than they mm. would if they weren't doing it. Like they're probably pulling in more revenue with free supported content, with like free ad supported content, than they would yeah. if they just weren't doing it at all. Because people would probably pirate it more, and they just wouldn't see these ads, which are bringing them some sort of income. Right. Although I have to say, a lot of the ads I've seen on Funimation's tight site are horribly targeted. They're like they're not they're they're, they're using not like an ad anything. service or something. They really need to sell them more properly to, like, the people, like, the companies whose target market would be the people watching this. Because I've seen stuff for, like, Jet Dry and shit on there. Yeah. It's like, that's not the right market for this stuff. No. Right, but the, I see the where The kids watching saying. Full Metal Alchemist are not worried about buying cleaning products because they're teenagers. Right. And, like, I think it's going to deter piracy, but not necessarily increase sales. I don't think those two mm. things mix at all. Like, I think people assume that, oh, if we give this away for free... People won't pirate it, and they'll be more inclined to buy it. I don't think that's the case at all. I mean, I'm sure there are yeah, some. Yeah, I, I agree. It's like, I'm the kind of guy who, if I watch it fan-subbed and it gets released in the U.S., I'm 99% I'm going to buy it. There are rare situations where I won't because I hated it or something like that. Right. Yeah, but, um, like, my friend, he will buy one or two shows once in a while. Like, he bought Gundam and Code Geass because those were his two favorite shows of the past couple of years. That's the only anime he's bought in, like, the past two years. And, um, but he's watching all this stuff on Funimation. He's not going to go out and buy any of that stuff. First off, it's always going to be on there for free to watch. Uh, that's another question that we will get yeah, into. Is it yeah. always going to be there, or is it a temporary thing until they decide, well, we don't want to have this up there for free anymore. We want to encourage DVD sales. Now that you've seen it for free, if we take it down, people might be like, oh, I'm going to go watch it. Oh, it's gone. Well, I guess I'll go buy it. 
Actually, let's get into that right now. That is the question of ownership, and it, it, it ties into ownership. It's that with video games, people, and with anything that has DRM, like the way iTunes uh, used to be with yeah. most of its old releases, it's like, you, you know, you don't really own it. You're just licensing it from iTunes for five uses. Yeah. And that, that's one question of ownership. The other question is, when you're watching it streamed on Hulu or on the Funimation website, how do you know it's, it's always going to be there? How do you know they're not going to take it right off? See, I'm not that nerd right personally. I mean, stuff has left Hulu on a regular basis. Stuff is changing and stuff's going down and new stuff is going up. That's how Hulu's always been. On Funimation, they seem to be so obsessed with making this whole streaming digital distribution thing the future that I don't see it unless something really bad happens and they lose a ton of money in it. I don't see it going away from there. The one that's always made me nervous and really confused has been Crunchyroll, though, because it seems to fluctuate. And it's like, is this always going to be here? Are these shows that are simulcasting going to be on here after they're done airing? That kind of stuff. I think some have been taken down afterward. It's like, if another company licenses it after it airs, will they still have it on their website? There's a, there's a lot of questions when it comes to their site more than any others. Yeah, Crunchyroll, because the, their simulcasts are not in the, in the same way, like the way Funimation is, they put stuff up that... Either they have the rights to, or somebody who has the rights, like Toei, has yeah. like given them the rights to redistribute it. Mm-hmm. But like the thing with Crunchyroll is like they're sort of negotiating directly with the Japanese companies to simulcast a lot of times. So it's it's just really really strange. They and they're they're you're right. Like their business practices seem to just change at the drop of a hat. And it's, yeah, you know they they used to stream illegal content and now they stream legal content. And they don't put the illegal stuff, so you just don't know if they, you know, what they're gonna do. I'll next, tell you what so. blew my mind is I was on there a couple days ago, and they finally purged their database. So if you click anime, it only shows the stuff they have streaming now. When yeah. their database used to show everything that had ever been on the site, which yeah. drove me nuts because it's like, what can I actually watch? But now, well, that's one thing works. I really like about uh, Xbox Live Arcade and Steam is yeah. anything you ever download, you can download again, no matter what. Um, oh wow! I bought Lost Cities, which was a great card game, and it didn't. I think just like six months after it came out, the licensing rights had expired, so they had to pull the game from Live. I can still download that game, despite the fact that it is not available on Xbox Live Arcade, and it never will be again. Oh wow! Because you paid for it, they have the receipt. There's an example that comes to my mind when you mention it. the Kindle, 1984, mm. where. They had, there were some rights issues, so Amazon pulls it. They don't just pull it from their store, they disable it on all devices that have bought it. Oh, wow. Oh, that's brutal. That's terrible. And that freaked everyone the fuck out, because it's like, shit, they can actually do that. And it makes me wonder if everyone has that kind of capability in these services. They probably do. I mean, like you're saying, luckily they aren't using it that way, but, um... Just the fact that it's happened once makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like, and of all things, and honestly, the best part about it is the fact that it was 1984 of all books. Yeah, that yeah, they no did it with. But um, irony. Besides that, just they have a rights issue, so they take it down from the entire service and they kill it because because Kindles are always networked because of the WhisperNet built yeah. into them. They could just do it on all of them, no matter what. There's no way to yeah. stop it. 
that's definitely very it's an uncomfortable thing uh especially i mean like mitchie said he was able to you were able to download the uh the the stuff and then re-download it again yeah but then like that you know that that makes you feel better about it that you know if all these services let you do that that'd be great but yeah on the on the flip side you really we really don't know i mean at least with streaming you you understand when you watch it that it's streaming it might you know might not be there forever it's just there for you to watch it temporarily you you don't get to download it but when you download it there needs to be a rule some sort of law that when you download it it belongs to you you know like you can you have a right to See, but here's the thing: that it's content you, again. You purchase you a license it. to this. That's the way the j lingo has always been. That's how it's been for VHS, DVD. So it is for everything. That's why there's always these questions. Right? Yeah, you're licensing the rights to use it, as opposed to you own this and you can do whatever you want. That's why you get the warnings at the beginning of DVDs, where it's like, yeah, oh, exactly. Man, my dogs are fucking crazy. You get the warnings at the beginning of DVDs, where it's like, you can't show this to other people. Like, it is technically illegal for me to invite someone over to watch a movie. Right. That's what that thing is telling according me. According to cannot... their license. Yeah. Right. According to their license, I can't show this to anybody else. So if I want to have a couple people over to watch like whatever new DVD release I got, like that is that is not legal, according to their rights. Yeah, but you know what? The difference is when you when you buy a DVD, you own it, and it is you know like the content you have it in your hand. is written physically onto that DVD. It is. Somewhat permanent, obviously a DVD can get broken or scratched or whatever, or rotted, yeah. but it is near permanent and you have the, the content on that DVD. When you put it, you know, when you have it on a Kindle, for example, then that book could get at any point invalidated by Amazon. They can send out, you know, whatever program they send out to make it so that your, your uh, you know, 1984, your virtual copy of it will not read anymore. So you don't really, like... What the difference is in both cases, you have a license. You know, you're being granted a license to it. But with digital distribution, there's much more of an ability for the company to actually void your license to it at any point. All right, I gotta cut you off. I gotta, I gotta go. All right, I'm really impressed my luck here. All right, guys. All right, see ya. Thanks. See you guys later. So yes, uh, as as I said, they were they're able to void your license at any point, whereas they can't do that with a DVD. Yeah, and yeah, it's really very uncomfortable. Yeah, it makes me uncomfortable in a lot of ways just because of that. I mean, I bought some stuff on the PSN. I bought some stuff on Xbox Live. I've even bought I bought some stuff on the Virtual Console on the way. I have bought I bought a decent amount of songs on iTunes, some albums and stuff. iTunes is the one time I I really can comfortably justify it. But that a lot of that probably has to do more with the fact that I'm not a music guy. She's like, oh, I'll get this song. It's stuck in my head. That's how it works for me. I'm not a music well, for, guy, so I'm not obsessed with that. For me, I didn't use iTunes. I used it barely at all up until they started doing the iTunes Plus because I refused to right, buy right. from them if they were doing uh, the DRM, the Digital Rights Management. See, that's the thing. I'm not sharing anything, know. though, so I wasn't that paranoid about it. And at the same time, you can just burn into an DVD and then re-rip it and all that crap, and you'll be fine. Yeah, true. But, um... It's like, I got an iPod. I mean, I'm just going to download it off the air and blah, blah, blah. I'm done. I actually, I, uh, some people might not know this, but the iTunes store does sell anime. And I refuse to buy anime from the iTunes store. Mm. Not because of anything, like because it's dubbed or because it's low quality. It's actually pretty cheap and it's a good deal. I refuse to buy it because it has DRM. And if I want to buy anime, 
I want to put the anime on whatever devices. I want to put it on my iPod. I want to put it on a DVD. Right. Like, yeah, but I that's the thing. It's I mean, five uses. if I was going to have to pick, it would probably be it would be either the iTunes or like the PSN. It would be the one of the consoles or iTunes because anywhere else, if it's like um the Funimation store or I think they have them on um direct to drive on IGN too. Yeah, they do. They do. That's got ancient DRM, a real archaic like Windows Movie v- DRM. You can't oh. even use it on a Mac. And um wow. Because that's one of the few DRMs that's actually approved in Japan apparently. Because of, because of all these amazing technologies in Japan, their internet seems to be like it's 10 years behind. Yeah. The way they treat web page and everything. Well, actually, that's something we should mention. If people are uh, are thinking, oh, God, these American anime distributors are so annoying with their DRM and stuff. Like, in reality, it is, uh, as far as I've heard, it's the Japanese companies that do that. They are very, very paranoid about how their content is being distributed. And they say to these companies, like, you have to make sure that nobody is sharing this stuff with anybody. Yeah. Put as much DRM on it as possible. They love it there. Or, or they really require it, and it's really ridiculous. Japanese are so paranoid about everything, Japanese business world. Like, ah, oh, you're not allowed to release a Blu-ray in America before it's out in Japan. And all that kind of shit. Like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you. Well, actually, they, I believe they did that for... Um... I think it's the Akira Blu-ray. I want to well, say. Well, Akira was simultaneous release. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Regions. And then, and and I asked them about it at at uh, I think it was New York Anime Festival where they announced it. But I I asked them. I was like, you know, are you afraid you're gonna have like reverse importation because the American one cost less than the Japanese one. The Japanese one was like double the price. Yeah. So. Oh, I'm sure they were. They, yeah, but they said, no, we're not afraid of reverse uh, importation. But it's like, yeah, it just seems like such a clear problem that the Japanese would just import the stuff from America because it costs less. And the, the, the irony of the Akira one is it's the exact same disc in Japan as here. Yeah. The case is just different because it's got English on it instead of Japanese for the most part. But right, besides exactly. that, it's the exact same disc. So they just sent them here and they were half the price here. Yeah. I mean, I bought it. <laughs> so, the second I realized that the first release of it had special shit, I was like, I have to buy this now. So, I want to I move on so we can uh, just get this over with. We're running a little long. Um, let's just talk briefly about the question of environmental consciousness. Uh, I, uh, I mentioned the environment. Uh, so, there, there is a, a question not as big as the other ones, such as ownership, which is probably the largest question in terms of digital distribution. Uh, but there is a question, and we mentioned it briefly before, with, uh, with boxes and things. So distributing something online arguably makes it more environmentally friendly. But uh, you, could, you could also argue that the, the server, you know, like keeping a server going uses electricity and, could also, and you know, it's All definitely not completely environmentally clean. So uh, the, the question would be, does, does doing digital distribution cause a, a net gain for environmental consciousness in a company. What do you think? Probably, maybe a little bit. I mean, not a lot. I mean, these damn... I don't see... I mean, I'm not throwing all of my boxes into landfills, personally. Right. I mean, they're sitting on my shelf. And then, 
Oh, I'm. But then again, a lot of people do do that shit. They take them yeah. out and, and and that kind of crap because they're stupid. But um, it probably might a little bit be a little better for the environment. It's just one of those. It's so gray that I can't really say. There was something I found. There are these new DVD cases that have been floating around. They've started popping up. I think I've heard of a couple anime companies using them recently. I think 80. Uh, uh, you thinking of Funimation's Viridian box sets? No, I'm talking about... They're new. The original Viridian box sets were absolute garbage, obviously, because they were just paper. Yes, they were terrible. But um, there are these new ones that are popping up. They're, I think they're called Green Boxes. I might, I'll have to double-check huh. the name and tell it, send it to you. But um, they're essentially DVD cases with chunks of plastic cut out of them. So, like, it'll be a DVD case, and then, like, behind, and then, like, where it's behind the, uh, where, like, a uh, insert would be, there's, like, chunks of plastic cut out of it in there. Behind the disc in the plastic, it's got, like, the, the recycle arrows, and they're cut out of the plastic. Wow. So, it's like, so it just uses less total plastic. Yeah, it uses less total plastic, but at the same time, there's a bunch of exposed areas where it could damage the damn thing. Yeah. But they've started well, popping up. You know, you know what? It was Viz. It was Viz who's been using them. And, oh, um, okay. Whatever is basically my response to it. My other response is, okay, if I get any like this, I'm going, there, here's the difference. If I get one of those, that's going in the landfill and I'm buying a real DVD case. <laughs> Personally, so the net gain is actually negative. Yes, because I'm not keeping a case like that. I'm gonna go with like staples and just buy a bunch of empty cases and start just taking the inserts out and sticking them in the new ones. Because <laughs> I'm not. Willing. All right. So, do we have any final thoughts on digital distribution? Uh, digital distribution sucks. End of story. Gosh, words. I don't like digital distribution. Obviously, I mm. I, I don't have a ton of problems with. Some forms of it, I don't like how it's being treated as the future, because I think it mm. takes so much power away from the consumer that it freaks me out. I mean, that's part of it. It's the power. Everything is taken away from the consumer and given to the company as the power. Mm. And Which is exactly what the Japanese companies want in terms yeah, of anime. <laughs> exactly. There's that, and then there's also, I just have, I'm a collector. I have a collector's mentality. I love seeing shit on my shelves. <laughs> and the thought of not being able to do that is not something I'm happy about. And then I guess one more thing in terms of video, it's just not as good quality. And it won't be mm. for a while, no matter what everyone keeps saying. It's like, yeah, I mean, not DVD-wise, but I mean, once we move on, once more and more stuff's on Blu-ray, it's like, yeah, you can download it, and it says it's 720p, but the bitrate's not actually 720p. It just happens to be at a 720p resolution. That's the thing about well, a lot of that shit. I mean, it looks okay, and it lo it's certainly watchable, but it's not as good. And even then, that's more of a sound is a, actually the bigger issue there. Cause sound well, that's um, that's with anime, but in video games, I mean, usually in video games, the it's graphics fine, you don't have as much of a because problem because you're there. downloading the same everything. Yeah, but in video games, I'm paying the same price for not physical, and that's another thing. And you, you you're still facing the ownership issue mm -hmm. yeah, in video games. Um, so f as for me, I like digital distribution. I don't. I, I agree that you know, Wave of the Future is nice, but it I I don't think it should get rid of the, uh, the pre-existing modes of physical distribution. Because, yes, it's nice to be able to get, like, 
Fist of the North Star, which I would never buy physically. See, I would online. But it's like me and three other guys. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'd I'd love to watch it, but I would not buy it because <laughs> it's so long. Yeah. So it it's the kind of thing where I I love to have streaming anime with ads for things that I would never pay for just because they're so long, and so I might never get a chance to watch them. And you know, I I get to watch them while still, you. Know, Providing profit for the company. I mean, absolutely. And I love streaming, in all honesty. I think streaming is yeah. a really great thing, but I, that's another. It can't replace exactly. buying a physical I, thing. I want to be able to buy my 13-episode anime series or my, you know, my full-length video game. I, I want to be able to buy these things and have them on my shelf and know that in 20 years, I can pull out my Xbox 360 and play Assassin's Creed. Exactly. Whereas, you know, if, if Assassin's Creed was a downloadable thing, how do we know that the license might not be revoked, you know, and then I won't if be able the, to play If the Assassin's servers Creed are taken that. down, if your hard drive dies, any of that stuff. Yeah, and so that money goes to waste. And I would like to be, you know, I'm okay with having some things that I can download, you know, if I don't feel so bad about giving up some of those those rights to it. Yeah. But I, I've heard this, uh, this sentiment sort of echoed by uh, Steve Harrison regarding anime. Just like... I want to be able to have it, to own it, and to be able to know that I can always go back to it because it is in my house on a disc, a physical disc. Yes, that's pretty much the most important thing you can say there. And that's about all, about all we've got. So, Hats hates digital distribution. I like it, but think it should not take over other forms yeah. of distribution. Those are our final thoughts. That's digital distribution. There's nothing worse than watching a bunch of anime dorks clap at a trailer. Yeah, I've never understood that. I could flip out if they were like, from a mining expedition in Delhi East Timor that's been conducted for the past 30 years, we managed to dig up a ancient text of Fist of the North Star that we're bringing out <laughs> to you today at this very moment, and we're going to show it in its entirety right now, and everybody gets free snacks. <laughs> Wait, Dave, are you sure you'd be clapping or would you be beating the crap out of the fat dude next to you in a sailor hat? Because that's what I'd be doing. I'd be like, I love Fitz of the North Star, fatty! Tell me how much you love it! Take off the stupid hat! Dave and Joel's Best Karate for the Gentleman. The anime podcast for people who don't like anime. Or podcasts. Find us online at www.daveandjoel.com. All right, uh, so we're going to finish up here. This podcast is over, son. Pats, tell everybody about why your website is awesome. My website it's, it's is... Because I was on your podcast. That's why. Okay, um, my website is awesome. It's thegamingdungeon.com. Let me correct myself. HTTP colon slash slash thegamingdungeon.com. It's an inside joke. Um, well, we are on the outside, sir. Okay, well, I had to do it anyway. And, um... Basically, it's a incredibly awesome blog with awesome people, including me and my friends, uh, Baca and um, Lowellic and some other guys. And we got a couple podcasts, Tech Magic Item Flea, which is a gaming podcast that's weekly and it's incredible. I think everybody should listen to it. Every human being on the planet should listen. I know it's insane. And there is another one, GDAP. 
which has been dead. Gaming dungeon anime park. Yes, which has been kind of quiet for a while. And is finally coming back this week with a new episode featuring Mr. Vampvo here. Oh, ho. I know, Prepare right? Prepare to have your mind blown. So that's a lot of content right there. You all should go crazy. There might be some other stuff coming soon, but we won't talk about that right now. They also have a review of the Beatles rock band. Every sentence has a Beatles song name in it. Yeah. And, and awesome. believe me, there are some I couldn't even find. Yeah, They're so I had a lot of trouble. <laughs> it's like, wait, where is it? Oh, that, oh, okay. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah. So you should check that website out. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Good website. It pretty much covers the exact same stuff we cover. They do anime, manga, and video games, just like us. Not as good as us. No, we're, nobody, we're different. Nobody can truly be as good as us, well, but they're, they're very good. A close second, I could say. I think we're tied. <laughs> Let's go with that. Yes. Anyway, the website that we are a part of, the Annie Gamers podcast, is surprisingly, I know, part of a website called AnnieGamers.com. You can go there to read words, like on, on websites, actual written words about anime, manga, and video games. Freaks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and we, so we write all sorts of silly stuff, including a uh, column we're currently running about the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood series. Uh, and so for, for other anime gamers stuff, uh, if you want to find out more about the podcast specifically, you can go to podcast.anigamers.com, and that'll have links to all the episodes, with blog posts and show notes and comments and all sorts of fun stuff like that. Uh, you can subscribe to us at our RSS feed, which is feeds.feedburner.com slash Podcast. Uh, and if you want to contact us to tell us anything at all, like what you think of the show or, or how you want Pat what... to show up more often because he's amazing. Yeah, you, you could tell them that you could tell us that too, but I mean, <laughs> I don't think we'll get too many emails about that. Uh. <laughs> uh, no, nobody likes you. Yeah, I know. Uh, you can send us emails about how you hate Pats and you want him to never come on our podcast ever again. Um, and you can also send emails about how you hate people interrupting Mitchie. Um, you hate Mitchie leaving. Just send us stuff. Yeah, send us whatever you want to say. We don't really care. And uh, that's podcast at anygamers.com. It's really, really simple. If you forget it, you're an idiot. And um, what else do we have? We have iTunes. We're on that. You can go down there, and you can hit review us, and then you can say, I love Evan Minto. He's so sexy. This podcast is awesome. And then hit five stars and hit submit. It's really simple, and it's lots of fun, too. So how many times did you do that yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Only only nine times. I'm considering number ten. And you can go on there, and you can, like, Subscribe to us through iTunes, and the more people who subscribe to us and review us, the more popular we get in the iTunes database, which is good, because that means you can spread the Gamers love to lots of other people, including all your friends and family, even if they don't like anime. You can just have them listen to us. Exactly. And that, that's it. I'm, I'm done babbling and advertising the podcast that you're already listening to. Uh, good night, or good day, good evening, it doesn't really matter. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. That's it. Podcast over.